Good morning. It's good to see y'all. Good to be back with you today. Um, I uh, on the screen that there a lot of the images were of teams, and so I thought as I was coming today, looking at this uh, overall theme that we have, that uh, I'd talk about teams. So some of y'all are in jerseys. So I'd like you to kind of think about some of the teams that you've been on uh, or groups, uh, the way they were organized, put together. We're all a part of different types of teams and have people that work with us and help us on, on teams. I brought my jersey. I didn't quite fit in it, so I didn't put it on. But this is my high school football jersey. And uh, I went to, I don't know if there's any uh, other alumni here. I went to Dunwoody High School. Any Dunwoody Wildcats? No? Okay, mid-70s? Okay. Um, so let me put this up. So um, a good university involves teamwork, right? Uh, working together, uh, whether it's sports or arts or music or the different departments or administration or extracurricular activities or dorms, all that takes some organization. And for a good organization to run smoothly, uh, it's got to function kind of like a team where people work together, encourage each other, help each other out, have each other's back. Uh, everyone, I think, works better if they have a team to help dream, problem solve, innovate, create. Uh, so I wanted us to, uh, last time I was here, we talked about the opening chapter of Exodus, or maybe the second chapter. And so I thought we'd stay in Exodus and kind of bump up a little bit and look at the, the uh, Moses was flying solo at the beginning of the 18th chapter. Uh, and his father-in-law, Jethro, comes along and says, hey, I think you can do that better. So a couple things have to happen in a situation like that. One of those is that you have to have somebody like Jethro, who's you know kind of stepping out in faith. I hope he doesn't hit me in the mouth. Uh, uh, and then you have to have somebody like Moses who hears the criticism uh, as an opportunity to move forward. So uh, working as a team, you've got to have both of that. You have to allow people to speak, and then you have to hear, you have to listen. Uh, and so... I want us to take a look at the scripture uh, from the 17th, 18th chapter of Exodus, verses 17 through 27. Moses' father-in-law replied, what, are you, what you are doing is not good. So that's pretty gutsy right there. Hey, Moses, uh, what you're doing just stinks. Uh, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen, and I'm going to give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, ten, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide for themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. 
Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all of Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and they served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. The word of God for the people of God. So, a lot's happened since we last talked about Moses. He was a little baby floating down the Nile. Well, he grew up, got into some trouble, and ran away. And when he ran away, he got to know Jethro, and Jethro's family married uh, one of Jethro's daughters, and uh, gained, I think, a pretty good respect for Jethro. Uh, Jethro had a massive agricultural and livestock business and uh, uh, was pretty well known and pretty successful with all of that. So Moses spent a number of years there uh, watching Jethro, listening, paying attention, conversations uh, late at night about how all things work and how it all takes place and how you make good decisions and all of that. So it appears uh, although we, we're reading between the lines, that, that Moses really looked up to Jethro, respected his opinion, and, and trusted him. And so uh, uh, when Moses encountered the burning bush and went back to Egypt and then all of that, uh, that's all taken place in these few chapters. And so they've crossed the Red Sea, they're set up uh, in, uh, in this, in this uh, place, as they're waiting to get into the promised land. And so Moses has all this stuff going on. Uh, and so Jethro, uh, well, back up a little bit. When Moses was in Egypt trying to free the Israelites from slavery, uh, things were getting a little rocky. Uh, Pharaoh was getting angry and angrier and angrier at Moses. So Moses sent Zipporah and his two kids off to uh, Jethro to protect them. And so that's, that's where this scene opens up in, this, in the 18th chapter, is Jethro has come uh, from Midian uh, to where uh, Moses is, and he's brought Zipporah and he's brought the kids um, and uh, bringing them all back. And so uh, they've, they've settled down a little bit, had some conversations, and uh, one morning Moses gets up and says, hey, I got to go to work. And uh, Jethro says, okay, have a nice day. Has some coffee, plays with the grandkids a little bit, and then decides to go take a peek at what Moses does all day. And so he goes and he looks, Moses sitting in a chair, and there are hundreds of people that are coming to Moses. Moses is kind of like uh, the Judge Judy uh, for Israel, uh, listening to cases, getting exasperated, telling people where to go, what to do. So uh, cases like, well, she didn't pay this, or she did this and she didn't pay, can you make her pay? Uh, he was rude to me, can you make him apologize? His donkey stepped on my hand, can I get some money for that? Her child broke this vase, can, uh, shouldn't she uh, replace it? In fact, if you want to have some fun later today, maybe at halftime of the Falcons game or something, turn to Leviticus chapter 19. Uh, Moses, there's just, and I know you know this, Deuteronomy, uh, Leviticus, just rule after rule after rule. It's just nuts. 
Uh, but somebody has to play Judge Judy and make people play fair. So if you turn to uh, Leviticus 19, here's some of the things that Moses had to rule on. Don't defraud your neighbor or rob him. Don't hold back wages of a hired man overnight. Don't curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. Now, they had to write that because somebody did that, right? That's just mean. Don't pervert justice. Don't show partiality to the poor, favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Don't go about spreading slander among your people. Don't do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. Don't plant your field with two kinds of seed. Don't wear any clothing woven of two kinds of material. So you might want to check the tag when you, when you go home. You might be in violation of that law. So Moses does this from morning till night. People come up, okay, what's going on? Here's what's going on. <sighs> okay, do this. Next, next person comes up all day long. So when he gets home at the end of the day, uh, Jethro says, hey, I came down and watched you at work today. Moses said, you did? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, there's a lot to what you were doing. Moses says, yeah, it can be a lot. Jethro says, I bet you're worn out. Moses says, yeah, I am. Um, and that's when Moses or Jethro speaks up what we read. Moses, what you're doing is not good. <laughs> it's not sustainable. And so there are a bunch of people that could help you. You need to let them help you. So Jethro has this great history of running this uh, ranch, livestock, production facilities and everything. And I'm sure he had people that ran the different parts of it. He didn't do it all. And he learned that he can do more, uh, the things that only he can do, if he appoints people to help him in this endeavor. Find good people, uh, be nice to them, take care of them, all of those kinds of things. And um, so he's, he's trying to pass that wisdom on to Moses. So to Jethro's credit, he's willing to risk this relationship, uh, son-in-law, father-in-laws. I, I don't know if you folks have good relationships, not so good. Hopefully it's good. Uh, but Moses had spent a lot of time with Jethro already, so he respected Jethro's opinion. And when Jethro says, hey, here's what you ought to do, Moses goes, Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. That's a great idea. Thank you. But the, Moses had to hear that from somebody. Moses had a lot of people helping him, but none of those people had ever been the president of Israel before, or the CEO of Israel, or the role that Moses was in. Nobody had ever done that before that Moses knew, so those folks didn't know any better than Moses about what to do. Um, and so when Jethro comes along, here's somebody that can speak wisdom that Moses will hear. So Moses already has a team. Uh, so I'm wondering this morning if, if you have some sort of team. And some of you might have like a financial team. Uh, or you might have a, a, a business team. Uh, or you might have uh, uh, some other team of folks that you work with to accomplish uh, some sort of goal. I wonder if you have some sort of a spiritual team. 
Like, who can give you direction and guidance and help you? Who do you go to to ask a question? Who, who guides you and, and helps you through that? Uh, because what Moses needed was encouragement. Hey, you're doing a good job. You're just doing too much. He needed permission. He needed a kick in the pants. He needed someone he trusted to step up and help out. So I've, I've had a lot of fun over the years finding people that I can just go to lunch with. And uh, in the course of the conversation, uh, give them permission to say, hey, you know, I'm hearing this about the church, or I'm hearing that, or, you know, maybe you could do this, or maybe you could do that. And, and when you give folks permission to kind of help guide you, let them know you're not going to jump down their throat, uh, a lot of times folks uh, want to be helpful. Uh, had a great relationship with the business dean at University of North Georgia. I live in Dahlonega, and so uh, we got to know each other. She was a member of the church there, and we'd go to lunch. We'd talk about grandkids. We'd talk about business. Uh, she would talk to me about spiritual things, and it was a great friendship uh, that we had. So back to Moses. He does what Jethro suggests. He builds a team. And he already had those people, Aaron, Miriam, uh, other folks that were with him, but he hadn't yet given them permission. They were there to help. They wanted to help. They wanted to know what they could do. They knew what the load on Moses was extreme, but they couldn't tell him what to do. But they could. They were looking to Moses to say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? They were happy to do that. And I bet you've got some folks in your life that would be willing to help, uh, be willing to be a part of a team to make something happen, uh, to work together with you. But Moses also had to have somebody like Jethro who could come and talk to him about some things, maybe difficult things that other folks just couldn't say. And so a lot of us are like that. Uh, whether we have folks that can talk to us or folks that we can uh, ask to be a part. And so part of the issue with that, right, is cultivation. A lot of the times we don't think about that because we're, I think many of us are mostly self-sufficient, or at least we think we are. I got this. I don't want to bother anybody. Oh, gosh, I, I just feel like such a whiner. I'll just do it myself. Uh, well, all the time, there are people who would love to work with you on something and help. So cultivation sometimes is hard. We get in a position, right, as life goes, where we need help like now. But the problem is cultivation doesn't work like that. If you haven't cultivated a team, then when you need it, like in the instant, that team's not there. And you got to scramble trying to cultivate something while you need it desperately right then. So it's, it's not the same kind of cultivation. So cultivation comes about through listening, through loving, through learning, through laughing. Uh, and it's why I think that Jesus does what he does. I think all of what Jesus does and what God is trying to do in our lives is to help us live life well. But a lot of times we come to Christianity, to faith, to the Bible, uh, thinking that it's there to condemn us, to shame us, uh, to tell us we're not doing something, to tell us we're not measuring up, to make us feel like, darn it, I just keep messing up. But that's not what the Bible and God and Jesus are all trying to do. When Jesus comes, he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will work out. 
And it's great advice. Love God and love your neighbor. That's the kind of the overarching main message of what uh, Jesus talked about. Um, and I, I think that the Bible all points to the idea that if you do those things, you'll build a team. Maybe not that wasn't your intention, but if you are, if you listen, love, learn, laugh, if you seek God first and, and trust everything will find its place, if you love God and love others, you'll just be that kind of person that draws folks, builds a team, has folks uh, to, uh, to call on uh, and, and to, uh, to be a help. Because the opposite of love God, love others the opposite of that is I don't need God and I don't need you. Love God, love others. That's what Jesus kind of summarizes the whole Old Testament. And if we don't do that, we're saying to everybody, I don't need God and I don't need you. And there's no way, if that's your sort of mantra, if that's the aura that you give off, that you're going to build any sort of team or have any sort of support when you go through stuff. At the end of Moses' life, Deuteronomy chapter 30, he has this one last chance to talk to Israel. And he says, choose life, choose God. You have a choice. I stand before you today, and as you enter the promised land, you have a choice in how you're going to live. So are you going to choose God and choose life? And if you do, things will go well for you. But if you choose yourself, and you say you can do it all by yourself, and you don't need anybody else, and you don't need God, it's really not going to go so well. There's some things you can do. A lot of us are self-sufficient. A lot of us are, are focused on what we can do. But at the end of the day... It's not going to go well because, again, the opposite of choosing God and serving God is to choose ourself, to choose money as our God, fame, power, pride, fill in the blank with whatever we want and think we want to have. If we cut God out of that equation, then we're deciding that we want this over each other, and God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So again, I, I, I'm frustrated and I run into people who think the Bible is just a list of rules and do's and don'ts and God's just some being up in heaven that looks down waiting for us to mess up so he can stomp on us. That's just not what God put all this together for. God's desire is that we succeed, that we enjoy life, that life is good, uh, that things work out. And that happens when we bring people around us like Moses does Jethro. And I believe that God puts people in our lives like Jethro. And they're there, they're standing around, and uh, we can ask and invite, or we can choose to go it all on our own. I'm part of now, in a new role in the last year, our, our pastoral care team. And it's, it's fun to be a part of that and to learn what this church 
uh, is doing. So we have, um, we have a counseling center uh, that sees uh, all kinds of folks in all kinds of different ways. Counselors that see people uh, and 12-step uh, uh, groups that see all kinds of people. We have uh, uh, small groups, Sunday school classes, small groups uh, that uh, bring people together, care for. In a big church like this, it's important to be a part of a small group so uh, you can connect with other people. And then when things happen in your life, those folks are there uh, to rally. And there's a number of folks in this room right now that could testify to things they've gone through where they were just amazed at the way their class responded to their need. Uh, if they weren't in the class, <laughs> they would miss all of that. Um, we have a thing called Stephen's Ministry, which is, uh, is I've, I've plugged into, and we've got about 25, 30 maybe people uh, that have been trained, uh, extensively trained, to meet with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, somebody's just going through a change of life, death of a spouse or uh, a need, uh, just life being a lot, <laughs> and uh, can sit down, meet, talk, uh, uh, kind of walk through that and help uh, somebody deal with things that are going on uh, in their life. We just started this past week a grief share group, uh, which is for folks who've lost a spouse or uh, somebody close to them and can come with people that have been through the same experience, share, uh, be encouraged, uh, lifted up, and guided through some uh, super uh, talented uh, leaders to get through that. Um, there was a commercial. I don't know if y'all remember. I don't know if it was on the radio or TV. Uh, I don't have regular TV, so I don't know what the commercials on regular TV are. But it was a medical commercial, and it was uh, some guy that had just had surgery. Uh, and they were congratulating him on leading his team for his surgery, uh, saying, you picked the doctor and you picked the hospital, and all of this happened because of you. And it was kind of a goofy commercial, but it was, it was the same sort of thing. You know, anytime we go through just about anything, there's a team of people working. And those folks have uh, learned, they're, they're skilled uh, to help us, guide us, especially when there's an area of life that we don't know so much about. So I would suggest that our spiritual life needs that same sort of thing. Uh, you're coming to church, that's a, a piece of it. So is there a service component that, that is a part of it or could be added? A class, events, music, books, uh, a, a devotional practice? Uh, so maybe as you, you think about your spiritual team, uh, is, are there some openings there? Uh, or is there a, a slot or two that, that you need to fill? Uh, who could fill those? You know, maybe just kind of think about that for a few days. You know, who's kind of right there on the wing? Somebody you respect and once a month, once a quarter, Go out to lunch, talk about things that are going on that can give you guidance and help. We all need folks that can speak honestly to us. Um, and we need folks that we can uh, gather together uh, to have fun. If, if nothing else, just enjoy life together so it doesn't feel uh, so big. So I'm, I'm excited that, that Moses took this on. Uh, and kind of gave us a, a, a direction. And I hope that as you think about this today that you'll, you'll think about the team that you have 
And maybe allow God to speak into your life a, a, a person or two or a new practice or two that you can add to what you already have. Let us pray. God, I thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your strength, for your wisdom. Um, God, in that you don't just want to beat us up. You don't enjoy that. You enjoy seeing us connect with other folks and uh, respond to uh, the subtle ways in which you lead and guide us. Um, you enjoy when we're paying attention enough to read the room and see uh, that there are folks that, that you've placed in our lives um, that can give us direction. Just be a friend. Uh, help us with uh, questions and struggles and, and just be an encourager or helper. And I thank you for this service, God, where we can come, we can celebrate your mercy and your grace, we can uh, hear and receive your forgiveness, um, and we can see some like-minded and hearted folks that uh, might be fun to add to our team. So I thank you, God, for this day and pray your blessing, for it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.